one of the main destructive factors to home wreckage and home destruction is finance. Mm -hmm. It plays such a huge factor. And I think it's interesting how you even made the comparison to, for example, going back to life insurance. Sometimes it's a little, or even less or the same as your phone contract bill. And with all of that, it just roots, the roots of it all is just planning. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'm amazed by how we often lose sight of that. You're listening to Journey to Fatherhood, a podcast that inspires and equips men to becoming more intentional and feeling more supported on the journey to fatherhood. Why wait to become a father before learning how to be a good one? My name is Chinidim Wenaya, a young man also on his journey with a desire to help men become great fathers despite their past personal experiences. I'll be sitting with different guests to bring you great value, sharing their knowledge and their experiences as we all embark on this amazing journey. This podcast, though targeted towards men, ladies, you will also gain great value from the conversations. Now, without further ado, let the journey begin. Hello guys, welcome to Journey to Fatherhood podcast. It's my pleasure to be with you. And today, today, it's been a long time coming and we have an amazing guest with us. Our amazing guest goes by the name Luis Aveiro. And correct me if I said that properly, but Luis Aveiro is a wonderful guy because we got to know each other through LinkedIn. We connected on LinkedIn. I think you saw one of the posts I made. He made a comment and we started conversing on LinkedIn, which is actually what LinkedIn is meant to be for, socializing. So we started talking and before you know it, a few days after we exchanged numbers, we had a call, we just talking through, okay, what, what value can we bring to the podcast? And Lewis is an amazing guy in terms of his career and how he's turned pain to purpose and pain to passion and so many things along that line. Occupationally, Lewis is an insurance advisor for Unishore. So that he's an insurance advisor for Unishore. He's been with them since January, the start of this year, January 2020 to currently. And I generally wanted to understand exactly, okay, how can we bring finance into journey to fatherhood? And a lot of people will agree that that's one of the main factors. So we're going to be touching base on that, but we're going to be learning more about Lewis. So without further ado, Lewis, do you have anything to say? Any introductions you'd like to give? Thank you. First of all, thank you very, very much to having me, for having me on this platform, mate. Um, Amazing. It was, um, it's been, it's like, it's been, it's been, it's been, even though we've kind of, you know, engaged with each other for a short period of time, but it's been, it's been amazing getting to know yourself. Um, and I'm just privileged to kind of be part of this platform and just to kind of share my experience. Mm. Um, and this, just to kind of hear what, you know, converse with you and obviously, Put this put this conversation um to the forefront and obviously to everyone else that's listening as well so yeah thank you very much absolutely that's excellent before we start lewis and i were, we've been talking about um the 5k run <laughs> the 5k run you're gonna and do me like that listen i'm gonna do you like this i know we just talked about it so you probably thought you escaped it oh, lewis, lewis told me what was it Two, three oh, days ago, yeah. we, you know, we, we, were, we were motivated, we were just on fire, we were like, yeah, we're oh, going to do this run, yeah, we're going to 
crush the times, but whatever times we did, yeah. we're going to do it faster. Of course, he made excuses yeah. about why his tie was lower. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing it like this. So we decided we're going to do this time and we're going to make sure our time's better. Yes, yeah. what? Yesterday, I went for my run. I didn't, I guys. Did, I confess. This, yeah, uh, I was, listen, I'm just going to lay it out before you lay me no, out. No, 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 no. There needs to be a build-up. There needs to be a build-up. Because I'm a storyteller. I like telling this one. So yesterday morning, I woke up. You know, I saw the day. You know, I had a rough, wrong day at work. It was, you know, back-to-back yeah. calls. But I said no because I made a promise to Lewis. You know, I spoke to Lewis and I gave him my word that I would do this run. Guess what I did? Yesterday around 8, around 10 actually, I had a nap. It was meant to be a nap, but it turned to three hours sleep. Had a nap, woke up, decided, no, I cannot let the day go by without doing this run. Because I made a promise to Lewis that I would do this run. Finished the run, send a message to Lewis, and he's like, ah, I didn't get to do it. <laughs> Uh, so what do you have you know to what? say to you? what do you have to say to that boy? You know what? There's there's absolutely no excuses. I'm not even gonna lie to you. There's no excuses. Um, maybe just one. Maybe just one. Ah, oh, come <laughs> on, man. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me see. What? Do you know what? Um, the day started, and when you miss the, the, the morning period before um, you, know, you, you kind of get you kind of get to work, right? Tell <laughs> my story. Come on. So when you miss the morning period before you have to get to work, there's a window that you have, you know, to kind of get the exercise and the workout in, right? It's like between six in the morning and eight. So calculated, right? Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is, because straight after that, right, you're, you're working, because obviously we're working from home during this period, right? Mm-hmm. So straight after that, you're going to go into conferences, calls, or whatever it is, so, um, but what happened was... Yeah, what, what happened, happened was, was, what happened was... <laughs> what happened was, I missed the window period, man, I missed oh, the window period. You didn't have uh, a window period in the evening, no? I don't think... I, I actually didn't. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm not even gonna lie. This, this uh, actually true. Okay. I, did, I did have a window period, mm. but um, my missus had cooked. You know, oh, I sat see. down and ate. See? Once he, once you sit down and eat, right, it's gone. Like, what time did he eat? There's no, you're locked out. I'm prodding right now, bro. What I time ate, did he I, eat? I ate right eight nine thirty. I knew you'd well, give me a late time, so it makes this seem so tight for you to <laughs> Yeah, I was late. You, you probably wanted to start with eight. You're like, nah, it's not late enough. <laughs> nine. You went nine, from nine eight. to then nine thirty. Not even ten, not even ten, because ten's too late. So let me, let me bring it nine thirty. So it was actually it was actually nine thirty. A month at nine thirty, and I had a, um. My missus made a chicken pie, man, and and that chicken pie mm. just laid me out. It laid yeah. me out. Um, Is that why you chickened and, out from the run, right? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, but nah, I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna do it today. I said I said we're gonna do it today. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it today. Mind you, you can't get away with it because you didn't do a five k. You did I, listen, two point something mm. miles, right? You okay. run. Okay. Well, that was in a five k. To the listeners, right. let me just tell you that, you know, you know, what had happened was my back, you know, <laughs> my, my back was cramping up, the, you know, last night. I just a genuine thing. It's not even an excuse. Like, the heart wanted to go. You know when they said, my mind's telling me no, my body, 
but listen, the heart yeah, wanted to yeah, do yeah. it, but my body was saying no. So you know, yeah. it's not it's not an age okay. thing. My my one makes sense. My I think mine I didn't quite I wasn't filled with chicken, if you know what I mean. I was just you know okay. filled with so, pain. So so question. So if it wasn't for your back, would you have finished the run? Oh yeah, because it's it's a personal challenge. I don't know why okay. I was able to do it the first time, and now my back's acting up. I used to maybe change my trainers or something, but I'm gonna start wearing my brace because I normally wear a back brace. Yeah. Okay. For my lower back, but I thought yeah, I'd yeah. gone past that, but I might have to bring it back out again. It's I think it's more so do because I haven't been going to gym. Do you know what we gotta do? You know, because obviously we've been hotted up right now, yeah. So we we have to extend this to listeners as well. Wait, wait. You say they we they can't just. Wait, what do you mean yeah, we have been hot? It, it seems just... like a one-way thing to you, mate. <laughs> Don't put me in the same boat. <laughs> oh, snap. Uh, we got to extend it to the listeners as well, man. Um, just because I, I think there's a couple of things that, that you highlighted, which obviously I can pick up from in terms of lessons and, and a bit of inspiration. Mm. Um, you know, you set yourself that goal. Uh, and yeah. regardless of everything that kind of interrupted you, you still went ahead and did something you didn't do it. you didn't do it you didn't do a 5k but you ah, did something so you were doing well before you then said <laughs> that little part it's okay i'm allow you don't worry i think um, it's the chicken speaking out of you it speaks through you <laughs> all right watch, watch. <laughs> i'm getting it done i'm getting it done yeah i might even end up doing 10k just because of the the energy you put inside of it. I see these talkers you see these talkers but i think they're what they call wafflers not the waffles but the wafflers <laughs> they're so loaded with dough so when they get big they think ah they talk so much they don't know they just fruit went through steam that's why they're rising look at the lyrics listen. in that oh listen we're gonna get it we're gonna get it yeah okay it. let's go let's go i hope you guys have heard enough of his excuses i have let's hear the truth and the wisdom from this guy um yes. uh, so just getting into it lewis um it's interesting because i think from the time that we started talking talking on linkedin to now i don't mm. think it's been up to a week it hasn't you know it hasn't so it it's hasn't, been a quick no. turnaround from when i I think you sent me the message or I sent you a message one way or another. We talked on LinkedIn. It might have been just numbers. about just about a week. Maybe actually. today's made a week. Let me have a look. Yeah, yeah the last chat yeah, was on a Wednesday. Yeah. At least my response was on a Wednesday. So if you backtrack it, that's yes. It was on a Wednesday. So wait, actually, we actually started talking last week fri Friday. Um uh, April 21st, you know, let's just say it's been within a week. Yeah. Not trying to get tech. But I think it's been interesting how we started just talking the very mm. basic. I and mean, we just exchanged, you gave me a number, we set up mm -hmm. the call. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was on my way, I was going shopping. And of course, we started just getting to know each other on a bear of it. But I was privileged the fact that we were able to get deep into each other's stories and know the motivation yeah. and mm -hmm. i just if you can if, um just start in <clears> it bring reeling the audience in slowly just yeah. just tell me exactly what you do and what inspired you to do what you do cool so um i'm a financial advisor uh i'm qualified and i and i kind of give advice holistically so um you know whether it be pensions investments 
uh, mortgages, um, and obviously insurance. Now, I specialize in insurance, and I specialize in insurance for a specific reason, and we're going to obviously touch into that um, as we go along. Um, but so, so I've been in the industry about seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that I got into, into the industry is also another thing, because uh, my background is, is slightly completely different. Um, I, I, you know, sort of qualified um, or, or went for uni, um, studied law, right? I did my LLB, um, you know, did my time or whatever it is. And then I went to work in a barrister's chambers. Um, and, and to be honest, I hated it. Law was boring. Wow. You're hurting feelings right now. It was, it was, it was, I'm being honest. It was boring. (laughs) The amount of reading and just sort of sitting down and it just wasn't, wasn't motivating anything inside of me. Right. Mm. Um, the thing with sort of, you know, the career of being a barrister, uh, it sounds really good. You know, and, and when you tell your parents, you know, mom and dad, um, you know, I'm working in the barrister's chambers, I want my career path to be a barrister, they get excited, right? Everyone yeah. respects that name. Um, but what people don't understand, that career path, my, personally speaking, my opinion, was boring, first of all. Um, and then it's just challenging financially to be able to get to the stage where um, you get your pupillage. And obviously you get, uh, uh, you know, you get qualified to then be a barrister. It takes some time and it's, it's quite expensive. So there's a, you know, the bar practice training course in itself, I think was about a sort of 10,000 pounds by the time I was doing it, right? Oh, no obviously funding. You, no, you couldn't. You had to pay for that yourself. Oh, you had to pay hey. for that yourself um, <clears throat> or get some, you know, some scholarship, whatever it is. Um, I, I wasn't able to do that. You know, I couldn't mm-hmm. afford it. Um, and even when you do get that pupillage, and even, even when you do go through your bar practice training course, um, you know, to, to actually get into, into the bar itself and, and, and work for Barrister's Chambers um, to get appointed, that, that takes some time, you know, and not everyone actually manages, manages to get there. And my background in itself, let's be really honest, I'm, I'm a young black guy. And the industry in itself is 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 with minority, okay. so that becomes a challenge on its own. Um, and I just thought to myself, I can't see myself doing this. Um, so, the bit of history behind all of that. So I ended up working. Funny you know, I ended up working in a, uh, um, a bookstore, right? And I was working in the bookstore. bookstore. Okay. Yeah, I was working in a bookstore. You're running away from um, the reading. <laughs> but I read it, read it and it was a Christian bookstore actually right mm. um, and I would sit down and I would think what do I want to do with my life I reached a period in my life when I was going through some stuff right I was going yeah. through some stuff deep stuff um, you know within myself I'm trying to figure out who I was trying to figure out where I was going um, you know I had you know relationship problems at the time um, I didn't have the best relationships with my family um, I was in that in that in that in that spot, right? Yeah. Um, and I was just trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life right now? How how can I make my life meaningful? Um, how can I find the find a real a real purpose for my life? And then um, one of my friends um, sort of popped in. I was having a conversation with him, and he was like, "Look, I'm doing this course. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to be a um, a wealth manager." 
was like, okay, cool. So what is that? What is the Roaring Cow, right? Um, and he started telling me, oh, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, this is what it does. Uh, this is how I'm trying to get into it. It's like, cool. Next thing that I did, essentially, we always do this, popped onto Google, um, <laughs> typed in, literally, actually, what I typed in was, um, <laughs> what I typed in was the best paying jobs in London. Uh, I did that right? after uni. <laughs> you, you did that, right? The mo- most, most people yeah. actually did that, I, I reckon. Yeah, right. So I tapped it, I tapped in the best paying jobs in London. Mm-hmm. And so I was scrolling down and for whatever reason I came across I came across a couple of jobs actually. Uh but I zoned in on on financial planning, right? So financial advisor, okay. financial planning. Uh essentially there's there's sort of different sort of names to it, but you know, financial planner, financial planning, wealth manager, whatever it is. Yeah. Um so I tapped into that, you know, looked into it a bit more. Um, and then I sort of looked down the path of how do I actually become qualified as a financial advisor, right? Because um, I didn't study economics in uni, um, had no qualifications besides my law degree, and I was trying to figure out what else can I do, do you know what I mean? Um, and then, and then uh, from there, sort of having to look into that, um, I saw, you know, the, there was a pathway into, um, in, into the industry, right? Because you can get essentially... Uh, industry sort of qualification, right? Because that kind of leads you towards being uh, qualified as a financial advisor, and and that was um, sort of a a light bulb just go off for me. It was like, oh snap, I can actually do this. Um, and then the next step from there was trying to figure out, cool, how can I get my my foot in the door, right? Loads of people have probably been in this situation. You you have a goal, you have a dream. Um, I currently work in a bookstore right now, right? I'm yeah. sitting down selling books, right? Um, reading books. During that time, that time was probably one of the best times for me because it gave me an opportunity to reflect. It gave me an opportunity to sit down because obviously a bookstore is slightly different to working in a retail store where you're sort of up on your feet. A bookstore, you're just sort of sitting down and waiting for customers to come in. Yeah. And that, that particular bookstore was quite quiet. Right, so um, so I had some time to kind of think, and that's when I started to plan and, and strategize. How can I actually get myself into this industry? I had no idea, you know, um, how to actually do it, and so I tried different things, and this hopefully could inspire and, and should inspire some people. So, uh, part of the plan was <clears throat> first initial plan was I'm going to send out as many emails as I can, right. <laughs> So I started blazing emails. Step Literally, one. what I basically did, step one, yeah? I blazed my emails. But the, but the issue is, the issue was at the time, I didn't have any experience in my CV. Okay. In right? So, exactly. So, you know, even though I was getting responses, when I did manage to speak to recruiters, you know, what they were basically telling me, look, we, they need someone with experience. Yeah. Right. Even for the basic role of an administrator, you needed experience. Right. So I was in a position where I didn't have an experience. The only experience I had was sort of working in the barristers chambers and obviously working in retail. Um, so, so I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, but I was still driven. And I'm, I'm that sort of person that's very driven and very proactive. Um, and then 
I basically decided to do, I don't know if everyone's managed to do this. I put on a suit, cleaned up, uh, and then decided to go to the square mile. A square mile, essentially, uh, for those that don't know, is, is almost like, uh, it's like the, the financial hub of, of the UK, of London, right? So, okay. that's, so that's, uh, that's Liverpool Street, um, that's oh, those financial that areas, right? Yeah. So they call it the square mile, essentially, that's because that's where um, it's a financial hub, that's where sort of uh, the, the engine of the economy sort of runs within the UK. Because the UK is predominantly a service-driven economy, Right, okay. so we provide financial services as opposed to exporting and importing goods and stuff like that. We just I don't see. have that, right? Um, so, for my suit, what I did uniquely, I um, I made note of every single financial um, or wealth management firm within the square mile. Right, took note of them, took note of the address. Right, um, I took like a, a notepad. With a with a, like a, a um, you know when you're almost taking like a survey that that sort of um, that, that pad thing right yeah and the first thing that I did the first day I went quite early in the morning right and I, and I was standing outside those firms and pe- as people were walking in I was stopping them and asking them look um, hi sorry sorry to interrupt my name's Luis just a quick question what do you do for a living that's how I started it, right? I didn't ask them, can I get a job? Where is it? I, just wanted, I wanted to get in touch with a financial advisor so I could tell them my dream, right? Wow, that sounds I like just wanted to, to. I just wanted to sort of meet someone because I knew that, look, sending out the CVs, no one's going no to no get to know me personally because your CV Absolutely. doesn't express or doesn't highlight your personality. It doesn't sell, it just, it just you know, speaks words about you. There's nothing um, appealing about those words just besides, you know, if, if someone sort of can, can better express themselves in words, then it gives them a higher opportunity to stand out. But I thought, okay, cool, look, if, if my CV's not doing it, I want them to get to know me. I want them to get to meet me myself. Because oh, um, I'm a better sell than actual CV itself, and then um, did that. So you know, first conversations was, "What do you do?" And obviously, you know, kind of filter through people. Some people like, "Oh no, I'm an accountant. I'm a lawyer. That's not what I'm trying to do. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be an accountant. I want to get into finance." Um, I met a couple of people who said, um, "You know, I'm, I'm a banker," but it took some time up until I got to the stage where someone said, "I'm a." financial panel now at that time i didn't know what a financial panel was i knew a financial advisor i knew a wealth manager i didn't know what a financial planner was i didn't know it was exactly the same thing oh, i see terminology right? exactly um so i kind of dismissed it but then i started having a conversation with him i remember this was lot this was you know it'd gone past the morning it was now lunchtime right because they were coming out during lunchtime and he was having a cigarette. Um, and I remember his name. Hopefully he's listening. I'm going to send this, this, this to him to kind of have a listen. And um, he was basically the spark for, for my journey to where I am right now. And I really thank okay. him for that. Um, so his name was Neil Goodlad. <clears throat> so he's a qualified financial, financial planner. He's a chartered financial advisor. Uh, and he's been in the industry for a really, really long time. 
So I, he was he was he was outside, um, you know, his workplace having a cigarette, and I told him, I said, look, um, you know, what do you do? Sort of asking questions, and as I was asking questions, he saw me tick some boxes, and then he asked me, look, so so why are you asking me these questions? Why are you so curious? And I told him on the street. I said, look, I'm trying to get into the industry, um, and I just wanted to know how you actually got to where you are, because I'm finding it quite difficult to actually get into the industry uh, and I just needed to get a much more solid idea or strategy for me to actually get in uh, and one of the reasons one of the things that I said to him was that I obviously don't have experience okay. um, and he was he was taken back by that he was look he, he was like you know that's that's very different what you're actually doing right now not many people taking this approach uh, and are bold enough to take this approach to kind of just speak to random people right uh, and then he said, look, you know, what I'll do, you know, we exchanged emails um, and he said, I'm going to, I'm going to put you into, I'm going to recommend you or forward you to, to my managing director, the guy that runs the company. Um, and then we're, you know, we're going to get in touch. We'll see where we can wow. take it from there. Okay. Literally, you know, majority of the time, those who, who, who you know, attempted to do something like this or who have gone out and handed out their CVs and, you know, you, you get given business cards and like, yeah, keep in touch, whatever it is. Majority of the time, you know, no one ever keeps in touch. They're busy with their own, but they're going on, you know, they're yeah. busy with their own lives or work, whatever it is. But he managed to, um, he got in touch. He actually emailed me the next day. Oh, wow. He CC'd me in an email chain with managing director. And he said, look, I've, I've met this really good guy. I think he could be really, um, so we could, he could play a really good part within the company at whatever position at entry level. I went in for an interview and that's, um, that's literally where the journey began. Um, <laughs> what's so funny about the whole situation was I got given the job on the same day, right? Obviously, I did what I needed to do, um, yeah. you know, prepared for it, did well, had, had my best suit, you know. <laughs> clean shaven whatever it is at that time during quarantine right now people can't see but obviously the beard beard bit peak right now it doesn't justify um, yeah <laughs> bit peak right now. but but um but yeah went in there and i did what i needed to do gave me the job but what he basically turned around and said the managing director said um i'm not going to give you um a contract right so okay. i'm not going to give you a contract you're going to trial it out. We're going to test you out for a week. Oh, wow. I want you to come into the office every day at 8.30 for a week, right? And then we're going to see if we want to take you on, mm. right? And the role, they didn't have a role for me in the office. The reason why I got taken on, right, was off the back of Neil Good. That's the reason why I say this guy here played such a massive part in my career for me because... I didn't, I didn't get given the role for any other reason but for his uh, recommendation and his insistence, right? Because he, okay. he, he, was, he was sort of a big part within the company. So, mm. uh, so they took his word um, as, as, as gold, essentially. So, um, so that's the reason why I kind of got in. And, 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 um, and I was there for a week. So I did well for a week. And my role, essentially, was at a really sort of low level administrative uh, entry level role, right? Within that and week. I was helping, yeah, within that week. So I was just helping facilitate and service 
the advisors, right? So okay. preparing meetings, uh, sort of calling up their clients to let them know look, this this meeting is taking place. You know, preparing a little meeting packs and stuff like that. Um, so it was nothing that that required um, you know knowledge or, or any level in scale. It was just simply uh, administrative, supportive sort of role, right? I see. Um, did that for a week, and I did it really well. Always early, got into the office seven o'clock. Didn't wasn't late one single minute, and obviously used to leave later as well, right? Okay. What gave me the go ahead that it's good, to, like I can leave the office now, was when I saw the managing director leave. So <laughs> I would wait for him to leave, right? I wait for him to leave. Then as I see him leaving, I cool, now I'm good to leave, right? Mm. And and that's that kind of gave me the confidence to just do that. So I did that for a week. Was really happy with that. Then he um, he saw that I had, I had um, you know some really good sales quality, and then what he turned the role into was a was a fronting sort of sales role, right? So we began okay. it and started as a sales role, um, and then he extended that that week mini contract, even though it wasn't a contract, to three months. So he said, look, for three months, um, if you can consistently work, if you come to the office. Um, for the for the next three months, um, you know, then then right, we'll, we'll get your contract, right? So for okay. three months, I was working without a contract. So that basically means or meant I could lose my job at any time. But and also, by you, the way, right? I was for the first uh, for the first week, I didn't get paid. That's okay. Yeah, trial. The first week that I went, I didn't get paid, um, and then obviously I got paid after that. Fair enough. Um, they still pay me, but they pay me very, 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 bro. It was, it was minimum humbling wage, less humbling, so humbling. I was making right more words. in the bookshop. Yeah, I was yeah. making more in the bookshop, sitting down doing nothing. Um, but anyway, I took it on because I knew that there was a purpose to this. Because I, Absolutely. I got excited about get, getting up and going to work. Right? Yeah, you know, in a suit. You know, buzzing in the morning, walking down um, Liverpool Street, feeling like a like a boss, and then coming Let's into go. the office and being humbled, <laughs> humbled uh, by doing one of the most basic roles ever, right? Mm. But I was excited, right? It helped me get out of that zone that I was in, and I was in a sort of a difficult, sort of dark moment within my life at that time. So that kind of helped me get out of that, um, and then. It developed after three months. Developed smart a spark. Well, my role expanded, and I helped expand that role because uh, essentially there wasn't a new business uh, team at that time. I was the, the I was the new the first person to take on that role, and I expanded that that role and that team um, to to take on another four people. Right. So essentially, I ended up being um, what you call a new business administrator. Uh, okay. manager right so I, I was a new business manager uh, for the company I managed to bring in <clears throat> in terms of business nearly a million pounds worth of business for the company and this is new business coming in right okay. for the advisors because uh, we had we had targets I'd listed the targets and everything like that yeah. and obviously I was managing the team as well and, and that's when that kind of showed me that hold on I can actually do this because then you get to know the role a bit more you get to know the, what you need to kind of qualify, and that's when my journey began to actually get qualified uh, to be a financial advisor. And that was the start of it. 
and obviously that kind of led me to, to down this road. Much deeper story than that, but essentially that was that. Uh, and remember we were having a conversation and I was talking to you about <clears throat> um, Ikido and Ikigai. So there's this term. Yeah, I still um, don't know how to spell it. Uh, don't worry, bro. I, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you in. So, um, so it's called Ikido and Ikigai. <clears throat> Uh, I think it's spelled I-K-A-D-O, and Ikigai is I-K-I-G-A-I, right? And it's like a Japanese term that basically means um, yeah. having a purpose, finding your purpose. It basically says that, you know, the term basically, um, uh, he says that if, if you, until you find the purpose, you will never be fulfilled in life, right? Oh, wow. So until you find a purpose for whatever it is that you want to do, you would always feel a void in your life, no matter, if, you know, and, and this became so real. I don't know if you've, I don't know, for those that, that are, you know, sort of works in the corporate world, you know, you, you probably, it's going to make sense to you, you know, that we, you know, I've worked alongside people who are, you know, within their 50s, 55, 60, and they're still working super hard, right? They're still, you know, they have a family, but they're still working from, from 8 a.m. in the morning, you know, till, till 8 a.m. in the night, and they're 60. They're working, you know, grinding themselves out. And then you sit down and think, like, you're making enough money to kind of slow down. You're making enough money to spend time with your family. What, what are you chasing? What what is your purpose? Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. feels like it's almost like a purposeless sort of just like purposeless journey that they're on. Like what is it that what like is that there must be something a lot more fulfilling than just coming into work and work and work and work. Yeah. And I was in that position where I was like, I need I need I need I need this to come around full circle because I need to understand exactly. Um, what I want to do with my life and this has to be fulfilling right um, and then sort of you know later on down the line sort of a tragedy tragedy happened in my life where my, my dad was diagnosed with, with Parkinson's PSP so uh, I don't know for those who are not familiar with, with Parkinson's PSP it's a um, it's a chronic sort of version of, of Parkinson's so it, it rendered him essentially um, put him in, all, in a vegetable state so he, couldn't move, you know, couldn't sort of walk, talk, or anything like that. It was just sort of dormant on the bed. Yeah. Um, and there I was, I was, I was there. Uh, at, that t- at that time, I was qualified. I went to see him, and um, I was, you know, I, I used to go see him almost every day, and I'll, you know, sort of help him with, like, a massage his body, his legs, because his muscles literally just, just, just went weak. Because he hadn't walked for a really long time, yeah. So his muscles were weak. Um, there was no sort of tense in them whatsoever. And when I talk about weak, it, bro, it just felt like like it just just felt weak, right? Um, so I'd, I'd go, you know, go into the hospital to help massage his, his his back, his muscles, his legs, and and just help him stand up and do some form of. So, so he wasn't walking himself, but I, he, he was on my shoulder, on my back, and I would kind of make him feel the ground, oh, right? Yeah. So give him that sensation of what it is to feel to walk again, just to help 
um, stimulate his 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 mind, right? Yeah. Because um, I think that's where that's that's the engine essentially of of our of our body and obviously our soul is our is our mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of help him feel the sensation, I'll kind of help him feel the ground, take off his his socks and his um and his because he had some like some some foot thing because uh, his foot was also swelling. Um, so I'll take it off and just sort of make him touch the ground and feel the ground, and, yeah. and that felt really good for him. So uh, so I'll take time and go to do that. Um, and my purpose became became clear and became apparent when um, you know we had we started to have a lot more financial uh, problems uh, as a result of my dad being ill um, because he was misdiagnosed in the NHS. Um, for his condition, so they diagnosed him with Alzheimer's, um, but he didn't okay. have Alzheimer's. He had um, the reason why he was showing the symptoms of Alzheimer's was because he had a, a blood clot in his brain, right? So he had a blood oh, clot wow. in his brain. It, it it wasn't picked up, right? So there wasn't they, they didn't perform a MRI scan or anything like that, and that's the reason why it wasn't picked up. And because of that blood clot, he was he was you know exhibiting symptoms of Alzheimer's, even though he didn't actually have Alzheimer's. So they gave him medication for Alzheimer's, and this medication was really really strong, right? So obviously mm-hmm. this medication has has side effects. Now yeah. these side effects ended up being a lot a lot worse than what the the symptoms were. So it it rendered you know it took away his energy meant that he was spending a lot of the time in the bed, meant that he, he had problems with his legs. It was just loads and loads of different issues. And obviously, you know, if, if your dad, who funny enough, previously used to work for the NHS, um, wow. you know, was, was, had an income coming in, and then all of a sudden that income stops, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's, there's a mortgage that needs to be paid, we're realizing now that there's medical bills that need to be paid because the NHS is not doing its job, right? We needed the second opinion. Um, we were in the, in the predicament where we had to, and I think there's lots of people that have done this. We had to sort of fundraise for the money, hmm. right? Um, and I'm thankful that, you know, my career's allowed me to get to a position where, you know, it's it's been rewarding, financially rewarding. So I've, I've I've been able to accumulate a certain amount of money. Um, and what I could do to help, I did. Yeah. But then I sat down. I think and thought to myself, what well, I can actually, you know, had I actually helped my dad set up some form of insurance policy? Because at that time, I wasn't specialising in insurance. I was just giving holistic advice. So I was touching all areas of financial planning, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I was actually focusing more on, on sort of pension side and, and the investment side of things. Yeah. Right? Um, and then the, the way the insurance kind of crept in and brought a purpose around for me was because I saw what my dad went through. And I knew that if an insurance policy had paid out in the instant, right, it would have made such a massive difference for our family, right? Yeah. So it's not just a matter of, <clears throat> you know, obviously, you know, we, we, it was a difficult time for our family because that's happening to our dad with, with his health. 
but we had the added sort of concern of okay now we need to get this money together somehow right and not just sort of maintain his current health and sort of with, with the medication and stuff kind of pay for that but obviously the, the medical bills started to rise but then there's other things as well you know there's a mortgage you know there's there's okay what happens to you know my, my little sisters and my little brothers you know and all of that starts kind of buzz around in my head um and and that's the reason why it kind of led me into focusing on wanting to help families similar to mine that were in a similar situation by by focusing on insurance and that's that's essentially what kind of brought me down the route of of wanting to be or want to specialize uh an in insurance and that's exactly what i do so um there's there's a nice balance to it and we're talking about the ikigai thing there's a nice balance to it because the industry or my, my current role right now means i can sit down with with families um and have very deep and intimate conversations about what they're going through yeah. and it's almost like it almost becomes like a counseling role it, it, it becomes and you're because you know when when they, when they're going through the most difficult moments of their lives you know you know they're all sort of herded up in the in the household together um you become the centerpiece of that family you you become something that essentially that can glue that family together because you've taken away mm-hmm. a massive burden for them you've yeah, taken finance. away you've alleviated facts, a yeah. massive financial burden yeah right they don't have to worry anymore about how you know the bills are going to get paid it's such a it's such a small thing because we don't consider it right now because we're in good health you know we're perfectly fine you know we're we're talking about running a 5k right so mm-hmm. so being in a position where we don't have an income coming in it's, it's it's something that we haven't considered right but for families that are in a position where the the the, the main breadwinner is the person that's actually now ill or about to lose their life is such a massive thing that that fear becomes apparent right i don't know if you've ever been in a position where um i don't know, I don't know if you you've ever rented right and you're renting right and you know your rent's due tomorrow but you don't have the money to pay the rent shut it on imagine boy and you have two children with you the children have school tomorrow right you have the the amount of money that you have in your account even if you collected everything that you have still wouldn't be able to 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 pay the rent or put you in a position where you're comfortable that's that panic added with the fact that you have a partner or husband or father that's ill that's in a really delicate desperate position can do so much can 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 destroy family right so being in the position where where maybe to say look what we what, by by helping them with with insurance policy by setting up an insurance policy that then gives them the benefit gives them that lump sum gives them the breathing space gives them the peace of mind you see the difference that it makes in people's lives you literally see it you walk in and the first thing that they say um i walked into an african family um and obviously with with africans we're very expressive mm. right 
the, with with the love to express their feelings a lot more. Yeah. So I walked in, you know, to see the mum, and the, the mum, bro, was so so humbling. She dropped down to the floor and started saying, "Thank you, thank you, thank you." Brought tears to wow. my eyes, bro. Brought tears to my eyes, bro. Brought tears to my eyes, bro. That's when you start to realize, damn, this is deep. This is deep. This is not just I'm just going into work. Nah, this is deep. This is deep because you realize what you've done for someone. You know, you realize the difference that you've made because yes, they're going through a difficult problem, but but also they don't have to worry about anything. Their 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 future secured. You know, their children's future secured. You know, I was talking to people about um, generational wealth and one of the only things and one of the only ways for people to actually have that generational wealth um, secured is for life insurance policy. I'll give an example. I remember we were having a conversation earlier on uh, during the week. Um, for some people to amount or to, to, to collate uh, uh, um, um, an amount of of let's say let's give, a, let's give a realistic and practical example of a million pounds right a million pounds uh, for lots of people that would never in their lifetime and in their children's lifetime ever be able to work and save um and collate a million pounds for themselves doing what they doing what they currently do right now right yeah for lots of people the only way that they can actually ever get to the stage where a million pounds is within their estate or within their family's estate is via life policy, via insurance policy. That's mm. the only way that they will ever be able to do that, right? By having something in place which will then pay out a lump sum. And the reason why it's very easily accessible for them, for, for lots of people, is because for million pounds cover, right, it doesn't have to be something that's drastically expensive. For, for the cover itself, and for lots of people, cost them the same as the same amount, literally for uh, for some as as a phone contract, essentially. Yeah. Right. And that is the only way that they'll be able to amount or to have um, that amount either passed down to their children um, or, or or whatever sort of added dependents or beneficiaries that they have. And that there is what starts the the generational wealth. <clears throat> so whereas a lot of a lot of people when they're when they you know tragic happens within their family they're having to expend money right yeah by having a policy in place they're receiving during during the period and that makes a big difference yeah and and that's where that's where the balance of of um of 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 having the 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 purpose to the role then came full round circle. And I'm, I'm being honest, I'm, I'm a Christian, right? Yeah. Uh, and the reason why that's important for me is because, because within my role, being very honest, it is lucrative. You know, our industry is lucrative. But when you have that, when you, when you have that connection with people, when you see what you're doing, that, that actually this is helping people, that, that then makes such a massive difference. And it, and it brings a purpose to it because of my christian faith because you're able to sit down and you know we're counseling people of course you know you're never going to just you know sort of throw your faith onto onto every single person 
but there's going to be moments where you know that the person that you're speaking to, they, they're trying to, they're finding, they need hope. Yeah. Right. Um, and, the, and in the right time and in the right moment, um, you're able to then sort of talk to them about what sometimes keeps you, gives you that hope. And that's a nice thing as well. Right. Cause you can talk to them during, during a difficult moment and you can say, look, have you tried this? And in my case is, have you tried Jesus? Yeah. And that's, that's, um, bro, that's something that's rewarding, man. That's, that's, um, you know, that's, that's what's kind of given me, given me this purpose in life and purpose in my career. Right. Uh, and, and, and yeah, man. Sorry for kind of taking too long. No, honestly, it does happen. Like I said, I didn't know because, of course, the phone conversation we had, we sort of touched upon the surface whilst also going a bit deep. But I didn't know the, I didn't know about the career rise up. That's almost a pursuit of happiness film scene right there. I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know about the um the actual grind in between the the findings and experience of your dad being ill and what it cost the family and what it meant for the family. But it's just clear to see because we talked about this. Um, for those that don't have life insurance, please, 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 definitely consider and act upon. It. It's not a, it's not you lacking faith. It's you acting in faith, but also acting in hope for the future. Um, that being said, I think it's so important. A lot of the things that you touched upon, whilst listening to that, I think for me, one thing I definitely gained from that, and I hope people gained, was when you mentioned about the pressures of the breadwinner when when a breadwinner can't provide mm. and it, it it's crazy because i think that i need to get the um particular percentage of statistic facts but one of the main destructive factors to home wreckage and home destruction is finance mm -hmm. it plays such a huge factor and I think it's interesting how you even made the comparison to going back to life insurance. Sometimes it's as little, or even less or the same as your phone contract bill. And with mm -hmm. all of that, it just roots, the roots of it all is just planning. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'm amazed by how we often lose sight of that. And we often lose sight of that. Yes, of course, the breadwinner can be the mother or the father either way. But in your position, it was a father. So it was, Absolutely, yeah. it, it's, it's really magical to see how that did not destroy, but if anything, strengthened the family because out of that, you guys are getting closer now, financially more prepared and things like that. Um, looking at you now, I just wanted to kind of, I asked my, I'll be asking my guests this question. What does the term fatherhood mean to you? Cool. Oh, that, that means that means a lot. Fatherhood to me, um, if I can sort of describe it in in a, in a in a in a in a picture, yeah. Fatherhood to me is an embrace. Right? Okay. Um, it's it's feeling safe in someone's arms. Fatherhood is is knowing that 
there is someone to turn to. And the reason why I say fatherhood, because that, that it's almost like the way that I can sort of picture it is almost like feeling safe in someone's arms. A lot of us, and the reason why I say that is because um, a lot of us are fathers, you know, like you said, you know, they're the ones who are the breadwinners. They're the ones who come back home um, and allow the home to kind of can keep running, right? Um, but also with me, with, with regards to myself, um, before my whole situation happened to my dad, bro, whenever something used to happen, I used to run to my dad. Okay. Um, he used to be very rational, not emotional, but there was something comforting that you knew that if I go to him, it will be solved. Mm. If I go to, to talk to my dad about this, it will be solved, right? If I speak to him about, <laughs> I can't the example. I remember I was in, um, I was in, 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 in the chambers, in the barrister's chambers, and I, and I hated it. I hated it. I didn't want to do it. wanted to kind of essentially drop out or whatever it is, and I wouldn't speak to him. I said, Dad, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. What do I do? Um, and his words just kind of give you confidence. They reassure you. And that's, what, that's exactly what I got from him. First, the reason why I laughed is because I hesitated, because I thought... Um, he was going to respond like, like negatively towards me because my dad's mm. very, um, he's, he just doesn't exhibit much emotions. I don't know why. I don't even know why, but um, uh, I kind of know why. But, but, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he just, he just said, look, he just kind of sort of sucked down and allowed me to express myself and then um, kind of made me feel secure in, in, in my decision. And I think that's, that's what fatherhood is. But obviously, because of my faith, fatherhood also takes on a different role. Yeah. Um, because um, in moments where my dad is in a position that he is right now, and he can't play the role that he previously played because he's just not physically able to, I've had to turn to a, a different father. Mm. Um, and, and that's where that father has become comforting. Um, you know, he's allowed me to feel to you know release my emotions. Well, there's been moments when I've broke down and cried. Yeah, uh, big man as I am. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's been moments when I've I've wanted to express certain things, but I don't know how to express them to people, right? And I've had to express them to 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 my father and, and I have actually had I've done it to both. I've done it. I, I remember I walked into the hospital, my dad was laying down, he wasn't able to speak or anything like that. Um, but it was just me and him. And I was sitting down and I was talking to him and I was letting out the deepest things. Um I was letting out it's almost like I was just there speaking to both my fathers and letting them know exactly what's going on in my mind and my thoughts. Um and there's comfort around that. I think that's 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 a massive thing to what fatherhood is to me, but also it's it's um it makes me reflect on on myself. Okay. Um, Explain. 
it makes me reflect on myself because it's like, what type of father would I, am I or what or would I want to be? Mm-hmm. What, how, you know, because these, these are people who, who I've relied on, right? I see. Um, what about when someone relies on me? Like, do I want to, how, how do I want to, to, how am I going to make them feel? Am I, am I going to make them feel confident, comfortable? Am I going to bring comfort to them? Um, and it's not just, you know, not, not just the children or whatever it is, but also to, to people around you, you know, how do you turn around and be the father figure for lots of people? Um, you know, because essentially with my dad's situation, that's, I've had to play that role. Oh, I see. Um, I'm, I'm the only, I'm his only son. So I've had to play that role. You know, we've been speaking about, you having deep conversations speaking about, because he's, <clears throat> he's, he's got sort of property uh, back home and land back home. So obviously being the only son, um, I had to sort of step up and step in. Um, and take control of certain situations and he was telling me about you know you know this is what you're going to inherit and this is what you need to do with this and make sure this is done this way um and obviously i have sisters and ultimately there's going to come a point where they're going to look up to me as the father figure of the household so um and i want to be able to 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 give them the same comfort the same um, assurance that I received from my dad. Yeah. Um, so it's very reflective. It makes you kind of reflect on, on yourself um, a lot. With that said, I yeah. think one thing, I think a lot of guys, unfortunately, for those that do have their fathers or sometimes majority for those that don't have the fathers in their lives, they've had to kind of take up that role as the father take up the father role as maybe the eldest son or maybe the only son and yeah. it's it's one thing how how do you maneuver through that i know right now fortunately dad's still around and he's still playing that role but how do you really manage the concept that this is what you're going to be doing or this is what you're doing mm. Um, you know, for some people, they don't even have time to think about how to manage it because it just happens, right? Yeah. So they're just kind of forced into it. Um, I, I'm sort of lucky enough to be in preparation for it because, because I know it's inevitable. Obviously, with this whole situation that's going on with my dad, it's inevitable for him to deteriorate and obviously to, um, you know, let's be honest, to, to pass away. Um, it's just a matter of time. So I'm in preparation for that. I guess, I guess one of the only things that, that kind of gets, helps my mindset work around that is, is, is that moment of reflecting, is understanding what role I, I wanted and admired from my dad um, and obviously from those around me that, that allowed me to have that confidence and comfort in, in, in a father, right? Yeah. Um, and then it's being able to sort of work out how I can then have that reflected in myself. 
No, I can so, then turn around and be that person. Yeah. Um, and and look, the simple, even just coming back to the simple thing of, you know, when we made the, um, it's the deep thing. And, you know, at, at the start of the conversation, we were laughing about the whole situation about not being able to get up and run and all that kind of thing. But it's, it's a big thing if you think about it and reflect on it, because what it simply meant at that stage, and, and don't get it twisted, you know, there's, it's, it's not the be-all and end-all things, you know, the, the whole point of, of improving and, and sort of getting back means that you realise where your shortfall is and then you, you go up and, and change it, right? Yeah. But the, the simple fact that, you know, I said I was going to run, I didn't actually run when I was supposed to run. It's not the end all of things. Um, but I didn't do it when I was supposed to do it. That then makes you reflect, oh, snap, I, I, need, to, I need to change that. doesn't mean it's – because obviously you don't, you don't want to be sort of beating yourself down too much. You don't want to get in a position because yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not helpful for, you, for your mental. But what you want to be able to realise is that um, – as a father, when you give your word to your family, to your whatever it is, make sure you keep it, mm. right? Because it makes a massive difference when they know that your word is going to stand. Yeah. If you tell them, as if, if you if you if you tell them as as a as, as a as a as a man or as a leader in your family, you tell them, turn around and say. Um, I'm going to be here at four o'clock. It's not a big deal, right? Sometimes things in, in life happen. But if, if they know that if he says he's going to be there at four o'clock, he's going to be there at four o'clock, there yeah. is something strong about that because they know that the next time that you say to them something, that you're going to stand by that word. And there's mm. power in obviously in our words as well. So, um, so I think just reflecting on things like that and being able to be in a position to say, look, um, there, is, there is room for me to change. There is room for me to grow. There is room for me to improve. Um, and, and applying that change and that improvement on a, on a daily basis because ultimately there's going to come a time where I'm going to have to play that role um, and I need to play it, um, you know, much much better much much sort of uh, uh more improved than what i would have done had i not sort of taken those changes on board um so yeah no i appreciate that it's very insightful the way you kind of paired it up and just given a larger picture i liked what you said about essentially being a man of your own word and it's something mm -hmm. that doesn't just okay now I'm a father and now I have to be a man of my own word it starts from various things the little things and just so you know I'm not I'm not you know I'm not beating up against you for not running you better do it today <laughs> but that being said it's 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 just to kind of wrap this up I wanted to kind of get your understanding your idea because you touched upon it various times the importance of planning financial planning yeah what would be because the truth is we have listeners and whilst we have a lot of male that this is targeted to male we also have females so mm -hmm. in terms of now twisting it so as a child to the fathers not just mm -hmm. a guy to the fathers as a child to the fathers how do you encourage such conversation how can you really 
encourage people to have these conversations with their fathers or those guys that are hoping to be fathers to have these conversations with themselves? Mm. Um, you know, one of the best ways I think this conversation can be had or brought around to the fathers is, um, you're absolutely right, it's through the children. Um, but let me take the route, first of all, of, of the, the women, right? Because the women play a massive role, right? Um, and, and the best way for me to put it is, um, unfortunately, this is the absolute truth, for whatever reason, uh, there's a lot more people or, you know, widows than they are sort of, uh, met as of uh, husbands who've lost their wives in this world, just because um, men, uh, you know, sort of have a higher mortality rate than, than women. Okay. Right? So, um, and obviously men are the main breadwinners, right? So talking to, talking to a woman or talking to a wife or talking to a mother, I always say this. I always say <clears throat> it's clear that you know, we ourselves are assets, right? And if the, the father who generally sort of tends to be the main breadwinner of the house, not all the time, but in instances that he is, he then becomes the main asset for the family. Okay. That asset needs to be protected because ultimately what we do know is if that asset is removed, then there is going to be a massive void within that, within, within that family. There's going to be a massive hole within the family financially, shortfall and a gap. And what we don't want to do is wait too long to try and sort out the gap. You plan ahead. So I always, I always say this to the, to the, to the mum. And I always have a conversation with the mum first because she knows the value of the, of the, of, of a partner. Or if it's if it's the mum that's the main breadwinner, uh, he she, you know the, the father would know the the value of the partner, and I, and I make them understand and and I guess it's even useful for me to, to get the listeners to understand right now. You have to picture these things because if you don't picture it, you're not going to see the value in it. You're not going to want to prepare mm-hmm. for it, right? If you don't picture yourself, uh, give give a practical example. If you don't picture yourself, you know potentially you know, having diabetes, you're just going to continue eating sweets. You're just going to continue eating sugar, going to continue not running the 5Ks, going to continue <laughs> sitting down because you, you're, not, you're not thinking oh, this can lead to diabetes. Yeah. Right? This can lead to me falling ill. This can lead to me being unwell. So if you don't picture these things, if you don't, if you don't think, hold on, what happens if? That if moment is inevitable. Uh, one thing that people need to understand, it's inevitable, besides everything else, one thing that's inevitable and guaranteed is life and death. Life is guaranteed, yeah. death is guaranteed. Right? No matter how we look at it, we can't, we can't shake it off. We can't turn it off, turn off the TV and, and it's off. We can't go on LinkedIn, Instagram, Hmm. And death is gone. It's, it it's, it's still going to exist, yeah. right? We can't run away to Afro Nation, to <laughs> Spain, to it's still going to exist. 
Yeah. You can't log out of it. We can't control it. Oh, delete. It's still going to exist, right? So just prepare for it. Just be, just, just know that if death is inevitable, my family's still going through this. Your family, so, you know, the fact, oh, not all the family's going to get wiped out on, 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 you know, in death. And if, and if, even if it is, what you have to do is prepare financially so that that death doesn't bring about more tragedy with, 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 with regards to the finances. Mm. Because if it's inevitable, what you don't want to do is to, is to bring more of a, of, of, of a problem. Because when someone passes away, what people don't also realize that the government doesn't turn around and say, oh, snap, the person's passed away, let's take away the debt. Oh, you had a mortgage, wow. don't worry. We're not going to pay the mortgage. You don't, have, don't need to pay the mortgage anymore. Oh, you had an unsecured loan for £10,000. Don't worry. You know, we're, we're going to leave you. No, that gets passed on to the family. Yeah. Right? So the person's gone. It's a tragic moment. But now the added, the, you know, the added sort of you know, you know, problem is you know, they have a financial difficulty. Now, whereas, you know, the, the daughter perhaps wanted to go to school, very talented. Now she's not able to go to the school that she wants because she can't afford it. She has to go to whatever it is. They have to drop out. They have to, the, that, the mortgage that they had, the nice house that they had, they have to downsize, they have to rent now. They have to go to the council to get a council, council house, right? These are things that people don't consider. And I always say to people as well, um, perhaps the only opportunity that they have to make sure that their family is, <laughs> is financially secure and even perhaps a thousandaire or a millionaire, even earning 30,000, 20,000, whatever thousand a year, the only opportunity and option that you might have is for a life policy. If you inherited right now, and as the children, let's talk about the children right now, the opportunity that you have to secure your future, as, 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 as tragic as it might be, might sometimes be perhaps through an, an inheritance. If your, your parents have a life policy, you are the beneficiary on the policy, right? What that simply means when the inevitable happens, because you have to remember, it's inevitable. When the inevitable yeah. happens, maybe when it's at, they're 90 years old, they're 70 years old, they're you know, 50 years old, whatever it is, when the inevitable happens, you know, financially speaking, you and your family will be secured because your, your parents took and, and made a decision to secure your future through their life policy. So the payout would be five hundred thousand pounds to you, the beneficiary. Yeah. The payout would be a million pounds to you, the beneficiary. Difficult time when you when you've lost someone. Difficult time. But what a relief to know that they've they've thought about you. What a relief to know that they've made your life easier. And that I think is also another way another form of expression or expression of love because 
what you're basically doing is you're saying to yourself, you know, don't worry, you're going to be fine. You know, whether I'm here or not, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's I think, is a, is a massive and important role that we need to play. So, so the, the wives, I think, play a massive role or the partners play a massive role. Uh, and obviously the children as well can and should play a massive role um, to, to encourage uh, the main breadwinners, whether it's the father or even the mother, um, to have uh, a life policy, but also financial planning as well. Um, and the reason I say financial planning because it goes hand in hand. You know, insurance uh, or protection planning is part of financial planning because you don't want to just sort of set up the insurance policy, uh, but then obviously you haven't set up the will, you haven't considered um, inheritance tax planning, you haven't considered um you know making sure that that everything else is sort of allocated set the right way you know that the pensions are every everything in, in essence goes hand in hand but the foundation of every financial plan is um having a a, a good protection uh a policy and protection plan in place because if everything crumbles uh, then obviously you have um something to fall back on oh that, that's amazing thank you so much i think i've I'm definitely going to re-watch this and re-listen to this myself because there's so much nugget in terms of what you, you talked about. I know a few mentees that can learn, for example, from being proactive in terms of how you got your job and also mm-hmm. being able to take up those roles like what you're doing now and having those conversations. And even the acts of love that you did whilst going to the hospital, helping your dad experience that, like they are just taking the shoes off. So the feeling, these are all things that I respect. I'll be honest with you. I, I respect that a lot about you. And I really hope that you all as listeners take a lot from this because this will be available. You can always go and replay this. And just before we sign off, I just wanted you, if you ever want to get in touch with um, Louise, his on LinkedIn, his name is... it's. L-U-I-S-A-V-E-I-R-O. A-V-E-I-R-O. And his Instagram, if you want to get in touch with him on Instagram, is Avera Wealth. Now, I know you didn't know I knew this, but I had to to do a little bit of research. A little bit of research. A little bit of research. The name will also be on the description of this podcast. So you can see his name and his Instagram handle is a surname wealth in one word. That's Avero, W-E-A-L-T-H. Make sure you get in touch with him. But with that being said, any closing words? Because I've taken so much from this. Any closing words before we sign out? Not really, man. Just just besides, it's it's been a privilege, man. Um, um, You know, just just an opportunity for us to kind of express um, a lot of these things and obviously for me to share my story thank you very much thank you very much first of all to those who are listening please as much as you can um, share this man's podcast because uh, what you're doing mate is is amazing um, what you're doing is amazing just giving this platform for for us to kind of speak and and share our story um, so as much as we can we, we need to get this out to the forefront um, so so really appreciate it man Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you know, I'll always end, I'm going to end with this. Make sure you do that 5K. 
Five <laughs> K. You know, we're gonna we're gonna hold. Look, um, yeah, we're, yeah. The list. I have to I have to now because it's out there. It's this out is. there. You know, it's not just you holding me accountable. It's every single person that's listening as well. Mm-hmm. So so it has to be done. Make sure right. you follow our social media platform. So that's Journey to Fatherhood podcast, the whole thing on Instagram, and Journey to Father on Twitter. On Twitter, we'll be sharing that. But I'm really excited because I think this is the start of many things. The live stream will be on Saturday, this same week. We'll have it recorded okay. and eventually upload it to our YouTube channel. So it's there. Make sure you tune in so we can have this conversation and even more questions that you have. But with that being said, I know it's an exciting bombshell that's been dropped. But thank you so much for the time. And I really appreciate you sharing all that you have. No worries, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to your time. Like, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> like, Let's like, go. Man, wanna, we're going to do it. Let's go. Let's make it happen.